Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film extravaganza. My name's David Reed, and this is Marit Larwood. That was terrible. Was that different? You film did... extravaganza? Yeah. If I'm listening to this, trying it for the first time... I'm giving I'm them instantly... high-level expectations. We've got to now meet them. I'm trying to up our game. If I would instantly stop a podcast that said extravaganza in the first... Okay. Um... This could be the first time anyone okay. ever listened okay. to Okay, I'll lower their expectations. Hi, welcome to Film Fandango, a turd in your eye of films. No, not that. Just somewhere in between. Hello, wel- welcome to Film Fandango. We're going to talk about films. Okay, fine. Uh, this, is, this, is David, this is David Reed. Bonjourno. My name is Marit Larwood. <sighs> and we are going to be your guides through the world of cinema for approximately some minutes. We have absolutely no qualifications and no right to be commenting on anyone's artistic work. Can you get a qualification in uh, critique? Yeah. Can you? You can do a... A golden pen. (laughs) Ah, he is. He's the custodian of the golden pen. Only gives it to one person a year. Yeah. I want a golden pen now. Well, you're going to have to work a hell of a lot harder, David. Fine. Okay, right. I want this. I need this. Okay. Uh, and then one way you can start is by doing something like um, martial arts, maybe. Yeah. This is a segue <laughs> into the film that you went to see this week. Yes, yes, I did. Uh, we talking about mine first, then. I went to see The Raid 2. Redemption? I just got one of those subtitles. And that, with, with, an, with a Red, question mark. Redemption? <laughs> question mark? It was called, like, Baron Don, and then they changed it, because no one knew what that meant. The Raid 2. The Raid 2. Now, I, uh, for regular listeners, I bloody loved The Raid 1. It was my favourite film of two years ago now, maybe? Maybe one year ago. Yeah. Um, uh, and that came out the same year as Dread and was the same concept. Lots of people compared them, uh, where our hero is a cop who gets trapped in a tower block full of criminals and has to fight his way out against all of the odds. Dread did it with sci-fi guns and The Raid... Uh, did it with martial arts, which is way cooler. Choppy, choppy. Choppy, choppy. <laughs> uh, so The Raid 2 is set shortly after The Raid 1, and our character, uh, Rama, who's escaped this uh, thing, has to go undercover uh, in uh, criminal gangs to weed out a corrupt cop to get evidence that he is working oh, with. Oh, I knew it. I didn't yeah. know it. So... 
they they actually arrest him and it starts by going to prison and causing trouble in order to impress um, the the Mafia Don's son who is in prison at the time. Chief Choppy. Chief Choppy Choppy. Uh, so, yes, I mean, that's the setup, and then he gets, you know. Um, is it the same? Because the Ray was a really low budget film. They filmed it on, on like a four grand camera. And yeah. It a, and it's some Welsh guy, whatever. So, where is it based against it? Uh, it's it Hong um, Kong, is it? No. It's uh, Malaysian. And there's a Welsh director who went out there and. Or is it Indonesian? I should get that I right. I think it's Indonesian. No, it's, it's Malaysian. Indonesian. In Indonesia, they're um, too busy killing each other, aren't they? I should get that right as well. <laughs> <laughs> we know nothing. Uh, okay, hang on. The bloke's called Garrison, who who directed. I know it's Indonesia. Oh, yeah, it's Indonesia. Right. Oh, it is Indonesia. We'll yeah. go back. Um, yes, so it's Indonesian martial arts, uh, which is called Pankat Sagat or something like that. I forget its name, but it's awesome. Uh, but it's a Welsh director called Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans, if you want to chop that guy there for me, please. Chop him. Do some more chopping, do some more chopping and some kicking, please. Uh, Very good, very good. Very good stuff. The um, direction with the martial arts is choreographed perfectly. Like, the camera is just helping the action along. And it's... Uh, just as good as the raid, if if not better in terms of the fight choreography. It's really stunning. But there's a lot more money going into it, I presume. Yes, I mean that's the my only criticism. But actually, it would be I'd level it at the raid one as well, which is when they try to make it into a bit of a sort of thriller with plot twists and changes. They're not quite as good at it, and it isn't that interesting. But you don't mind because it's a minor wobble when the rest of it is so perfectly done. But it's it feels like an action film where they care about the character. Okay. So, you know, he's given his proper emotional beats and, and, you know, the camera lingers on him when he's having a rough time rather than just go, get to the next fight, come on, you know, in the American style. It feels like the transporter as a genre done brilliantly. That's Um, the thing. I watched the the first raid and I'm, as as regulars as we'll know, I am not a superhero action film fan at all. Yeah. Because I hate all the CGI things, and I think the fights, I instantly lose interest when someone starts fighting. But this, the fights in it, are, especially the, well, the first one I'm talking about, um, it's incredible. In a low budget film, they're doing much better action sequences yes. than the Hollywood. Yeah. And they're all, uh, and they're so, because you think these people are brilliant at martial arts. Yes. So it's interesting to watch them. It's like ballet almost at some point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing better than watching ballet. Absolutely nothing. I mean, bring it on. Uh, I think that, but I mean, you, you you know, it, it's a slightly odd, silly world that actually ends up being quite endearing, even though this violence is incredibly graphic and gory. Because, uh, like the old kung fu movies, there's a, a weird. It's weird that so many gangsters don't carry guns, mm. <laughs> but you don't care because that's the world it inhabits. And if they carried guns, then it would just be sort of bang your dead end of film you know so the number of hoodlums who don't have any weapons on them and just run towards people with their fists it's just immense fun but there's so many good sequences like there's a whole there's a guy who only uses a metal baseball bat and there's a woman who wields two hammers and they get their own sequences but it's building to a big climax at the end it's so much fun I've heard really good things about it it's great it's great it's it's as good as the first one, but bigger. Like, it loses something in its um, lack of restraint. Um, 
It reminds me of um, the series Prison Break, actually, if anyone saw that, where whether yes. you liked it or not, the, the first, first series was amazing. The first series was really tight because it's one location, and the second one opened it out into the real world and it just got a bit lost. And this one feels like it, it occasionally is losing itself, but it, it brings it all back in and manages to make it intimate and about basically six guys, and, it's, and it works. Um, Mark Bell. Yeah. He, he actually he messaged me this said um, he went to see the raid uh, he said it was really good uh, really good fighting really good camera work but the subtitles were too fast in places interesting did you find that no I didn't but... Mark Bell you need to brush up on your reading skills <laughs> you need to be a faster reader yeah this is an intervention um, no I didn't I didn't find that but um, uh, yeah I, I, it's but I did find some of the uh, talky talky scenes uh, to be not so needed you know there's a lot of it in there is it long uh, it is quite long I forget it's running run time is it just over two hours maybe um, it's oh, two hours thirty I bet so. the, uh, the and it is gory it there is can't be that gory. many um, I want to call them ninjas but there's martial arts people yeah in Indonesia so it must well, be those are the same people isn't it there's the the, the uh, all the character, all the main characters who had proper sequences in the yeah. first one, um, uh, spoilers. A lot of them end up dead, of course, because yeah. that's that's the nature of it. Those actors are back in this one playing different people, so it is the same oh, team okay. again. Okay. It's the main guy who plays Rama is still playing himself, but everyone else is playing different characters now. I was going to say it can't. It must be really difficult to it, find it. That actually adds to it. I think. Oh, I really? think it makes it better because. There again is there's something there's something joyful about the fact that they're all doing it together again, and this is a gang that you're now getting to know. You don't mind they're playing other people. It's a film. You know they're they're other people. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's it's properly good. Like there are some really really impressive sequences that just sort of boggle the mind. How how many Davies do you give it? You know, I it's not a perfect film. Uh, I would. I think I'd give it nine. Whoa, that's really good for a sequel as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be one of the one of the fabled sequels that's better than the original. I don't think it's better. Oh, okay. It, but it is enough of the same, uh, while still spreading its wings and trying to do something a little different to the first one. Well done, Gareth Evans. You directed a fine film. There. Well done, you, Gareth. Um, should we do some letters now? Sure, have we got any? Yeah. I want to contact us. Okay. Well, as I said before, never call me. Um, okay. You can contact us through the Film Fandango email address, which is dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. And if you'd like your letter read out or to introduce anything or just sort of give us abuse, maybe, then you can do that. That address again, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or go to Facebook forward slash Film Fandango or Twitter at Film Fandango, if you like. Yeah, uh, do, do you know what? And this podcast is for free, but we do um, rely upon your donations to pay for uh, the Libsyn thing. David does this. <laughs> we rely on them to pay for the hosting for the podcast every um, every week and also be, uh, put, put them towards us going to see films. 
I'm never going to be the voice at the end of the advert. <laughs> so if you want to donate to the, if you enjoy the podcast, and you like to donate, be really, really grateful and help us out. You can go to filmfandango.co.uk and there's a link there you can follow. And to it says donate in a button and you click on it. And to everyone who has done, thank you very much. Super duper. Um, do you want to read um, a letter then? Yeah. Um, it's entitled uh, Diplomatic Immunity. <laughs> Which, Diplomatic uh, community. That's for the accent. So it seems we seem to be doing South African from a lot of these accents. We're very big over there. Rod, we're I, like Rodriguez. I will let you read it in and see if you can get the accent right all the way through, David. All right. Bilton, Bilton. That's how I get into it. Oh really? Oh. Bilton. Right, dear David and Merrick and Buddy, I just wanted to confirm that other people like me do listen to the podcast and enjoy it even though we don't always write in like that one bloke. Christopher Webb. I'm writing this as my cat has a cone on its head <laughs> from an operation and got stuck in next door's garden at 6am and I had to rescue it because it would couldn't fit back up into our garden. What? Couldn't fit in the garden? I don't understand. I was in a dressing gown and it was making a massive racket and I was, I, I was one gust of wind away from an asbun. Point being, I can't now sleep or wake the wife, so I'm writing. Please tell us all what the funniest thing you you have heard someone shout out in the cinema while a film is on. I laughed once so loudly at the back that some joker down the front copied my laugh, and then the whole cinema laughed. Wankers. (laughs) Thanks. P.S. I'm not South African. (laughs) Philip from Sussex. Thank you, Philip. I enjoyed that email. It's <laughs> very good. So if you uh, see a guy in his garden with his wang out, it's probably um, Philip. It's probably uh, Philip. Or the cat with a cone on its head. Yeah. Around its head, I assume, rather than on its head. I think it's much better <laughs> if you imagine the cone on, on the... You're doing the it wrong! <laughs> um, yes. I've, got, I've got a story for this. Yeah, go on. I was... Uh, it sounds a bit nature, but I, I've been in a film. Yeah. This is when people used to actually cast me for stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's called it's called Magicians. It was a Richard and Webb film. It is average. Um, I had a small cameo in it, and there was no. It was so low budget. I think the budget was about two, not not very much. Two hundred pound. Two hundred pound. Yeah. Um, and there was no. We didn't get invited. There's no press screening or anything like that. We just was we. It's the first time I saw it. Yeah. I had to go to the cinema to see it. <laughs> That's so classy. I went with my then girlfriend to uh, the cinema on Holloway Road, the, the Odeon, which is pretty horrible cinema. Um, and there were six people in in there, and I sat at the back, and there was two, another couple, and then the two other people were either drunk or crackheads, <laughs> and right. they proceeded to shout at the screen all the way through. Uh, oh, some expletives coming up now. This is fucking shit. Who the fuck are these people? This is fucking shit. <laughs> Poor Jesus wearing. So I was terrified they were going to recognise me. From... And they blame you for that yeah. terrible time. So the only time I've ever gone to see myself in in a film, I had someone... <laughs> it's been a cinema with six people in it and someone shouting expletives at the screen. Can you get a more glamorous film career than that? Oh, you should have gone up to them. Hi, I'm the guy um, you've just been throwing it on. Who the <laughs> fuck are you? It's like, it's me. Um, I heard a fantastic story, not from my life, um, 
from the life of actor Christopher Lee. Okay. Where apparently, so the story goes, he uh, had some time to kill in some small town or other and uh, saw that the local independent cinema was showing his original Dracula. Like, uh, you know, decades and decades old now. And so he went to see it. He just went, well, you know, see see what's, uh, what's going on. Uh, see if people like it. And he went and sat at the back, you know. And there was no one else in the cinema. <laughs> and then, uh, just before it started, two teenage girls walked in, walked down the aisle and sat near the front, didn't spot him at all, and watched the whole film and screamed their heads off all the way through. Like, it still had the impact. Oh, really? And just before it finished, he walked down the aisle and sat in the row behind them. And then when it, when it finished, he leant forwards and went, did you enjoy that, my dears? And they <laughs> screamed and ran out. Wow. Of the Wow. I mean, that would make you believe in the undead forever, wouldn't it? Oh, totally, yeah. Although you go, oh, Dracula's got old. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's another one here. What? Another what? A Dracula? Mm, no, an email. Oh, good. Do you want to read it? Yeah. Um, I don't, maybe, uh, well, I went to see an Indian film. Yeah. So why don't you read it in an Indian voice? I'm not doing it in an Indian voice. Why is that? Because it's racist? I think it might be. Why is it though? I don't know, but it is. <laughs> but if Indian people do white people's voices, that's not racist. Yeah. You can do it in an Indian voice. You do it in the Indian voice. <laughs> no. Do it in a normal voice then. A normal voice. Okay. Greetings, David, Buddy and Marek, in order of assumed hairiness. Are there any film critics whose negative opinion of a film will spur you on to watch it, as you know their tastes are so different from yours? I have this whenever Marek talks about mainstream films. I've just been spurred on to see Muppets (laughs) Most Wanted. See also superhero movies. When Marek talks about foreign or art cinema, I go with his opinion 100%. Love the podcast. Yes, I will keep watching the films. I am from Stockport. Oh, he's from Stockport. Oh. Well, why not just write, I think Marek is bald and he's a bit of an arsehole. (laughs) But that's from uh, at Lord Tooth. Uh, But Lord Tooth um, agrees with you on... Art films. French and art films. I do like French films. I, I, yeah. Um... Thank you, at Lord Two. Any critics did it for you? I try not to read reviews. You know, I do this thing where every now and again I get seduced by the glossy covers of magazines like Empire or Total Film, and I buy them. And then I go get as far as the review section and go, I don't want any of these films spoiled. I like going to see films knowing nothing about them. So I go straight past the reviews and don't read them. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I think Mark, I do. I normally trust Mark Commode. Yeah. Who is a but he, you know, he does like some odd things though. But sometimes. that's what annoys me. He picks out these like Barbarian Sound Studio. Yeah. Which is the one I always forget to mention. It was his film of the year. It's a terrible film. It doesn't make sense. It's just shot nicely. So it's sort of. But he picks these odd favourites and he champions mm. these films that aren't very good, which makes me sort of distrust his judgment. Do you know what I mean? He seems to yeah, be yeah. emotionally tied to some films, the way I am to Flight of Dragons. Almost like he's a different person to you. Yes, I, I don't think like that. Everyone should really 
have the same opinion. I think it? that would be good. That's not a dangerous way of thinking, is it? No, no, no. But it, I am willing to punish those who think differently. Yes, because it just leads... But I, I want to wipe them out. Yeah. So I, have, forwards, I haven't got a problem with people acting differently to me, just if they think differently. Yeah, I want to wipe them out to avoid future arguments. That's what I'm doing. I mean, there would be world peace, wouldn't there? Exactly. But as long as it's me that everyone has to be the same as. I mean, it would be world war at the start, but ultimately... Ultimately, it'd be worthwhile. It would Plus, be there are too peace. many people anyway. And you cut down the people. Cut down well, the surplus go. population. <clears throat> there we go. That, um... <laughs> There's some, some fascist diatribe for you. I've been to see a film. What film have you been to see? Oh, did you want to say... Do you, do you, do you, we've discussed that, haven't we? Yeah. Have we? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I I went to see a film. It's called The Lunchbox. <laughs> it's porn. Why do you think it was porn? A lunchbox is uh, American slang for your junk. Yeah, it's because Linford Christie's lunchbox was famous when he did it. Linford Christie is a British sprinter. They so realised he won the Olympics in um, the, the past. 96, wasn't it? 92? Oh, is it not the 80s? Uh, maybe... And he and you know when you watch hundred meters wearing those tight things. Yeah. It all just f- gets shown, doesn't it? It all does. Anyway, there are no um, wangers. Yeah, there's, there's no visible penises in this film. <laughs> okay, is that important to the review? Uh... No, it's not important <laughs> to the review. But I just want to get out of the way. The lunchbox. Uh, it is a film about well, in Indian culture they do a thing where they have the tiffin tins where they get their lunch delivered tiffin they get their lunch delivered every um every every day so the 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 whoever's staying at home normally the women yes um cook the um make these they they make these tin lunches so you have like different containers it's like a metal tin stacks together it's like a stackable you not seen it before no Oh. I've heard of Tiffin. They they bang on about it all the time and carry on up the Khyber. It's it's, it's um, a stackable. I think they're called Tiffin tins. I'm sure they are. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. A stackable container, metal container. So you put the rice in one bit, then you put the um, ch- maybe chicken. A bit like a bento bit. box. Yes, very much like that. But it's it's and they get put them in little sort of sacks and they get delivered. And it's really famous. They they, they get delivered every day for people's lunch times. Um, and it's they never make any mistakes. So there's thousands and thousands of these being delivered for lunch over 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 the whole business district of India, and it's about that really. Uh, and one of them, it's about the, tin, the 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 food, the meal that a woman's cooking, not going to a husband, but going to another man. Oh. And on the basis, so he, this guy who's about to retire from his job as a, he works in the government department in the claims department. It's a lot of red tape. It's very boring. He's about to retire, and suddenly he was his wife. His wife died. He's got quite a lonely life. Suddenly he receives this lunch isn't for him, and uh, meanwhile the wife he sent to him is having problems with her husband, and she's trying to win his heart back through his stomach by making all these nice meals, which he isn't getting. But uh, <laughs> and then she figures that someone else is eating it. He, she asks her husband about it. She finds that someone else is eating it, and so slowly they they start passing messages in the in the lunch, and the romance ensues. An affair. Mm. Does oh, she know it's not going to her husband? After after the first couple, yes. Okay. 
And meanwhile, the guy who's receiving the old guy, he's in his 50s, he's got a new he's like apprentice guy he's got to teach, he's taking over his job that he b- becomes friends with. Is it a sexy relationship? It is not sexy. It is very... I would say this is almost like the Indian version. Uh, uh, it's very... Restri- you've got mail. N- of like, Remains of the Day. It feels like Remains oh, of the Day. Okay. With Emma Thompson and... Um, Anthony Hopkins. And it's restrained. Nothing really much happens. You just have it's all about the manners and the etiquette, and two people build it very, very slow. Very, uh, it feels a wash with Indian culture, sort of quite a unique film that can only be made because of this Tiffington thing they do for yeah, their lunches. Yeah. Um, it's a bit, it's a nice slice of Indian life, and I like the lead actor, uh, the Indian guy, uh, his name is. Irfan Khan. He's been in quite a few things. What's he been in? I re- you recognise him if you see him. He's in, oh, he's in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man. He's in Life of Pi. He's in Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire. How old is he, the main guy? He, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, okay. he's very good. He's the um, guy that uh, Rafe Spall is interviewing in Life of Pi. Yes. Um, and I think he's in better than this, but he's just very... Qu- he's just. Very understated. It's very small, understated, about two very reserved people finding uh, a new relationship in a quite sort of static lifestyle that is very... uh, The culture is very... um, I can't think of the the worst. Rubbish again. It just feels like 1920s England almost, replicating that in the way everyone's just... The Raj. Yeah, the whole um, it's not it doesn't feel too modernised and they're stuck within sort of the etiquette of relationships and the sort of pride and how yeah. to, and the morals of how to behave are quite sort of uh, uh, f- force them to behave in a certain way um, I thought I really enjoyed it I thought it was, I thought I enjoyed the colours of it I enjoyed watching you know uh, a different culture watching the, all the uh, people on the trains and you going to work just that it felt it wasn't too low it felt really realistic it's a really sort of uh, slow real small film which uh, is quite touching but yeah oh there's a but there's a but with your lunchbox does it really have enough to sustain a film how Possibly long is it an hour and four Two minutes or so. Okay, so that's that's a that's a decent length. Now I've got another gripe to to say about this film. Right. Well, but part of it I was what I thought. You know, why don't they just take lunches to work with them? <laughs> that's, that's your main... that's your gripe with India rather than this yeah, film. It, it seems a hell of a lot of work just to I'll just do it in the morning and put it in the microwave. There's a whole huge industry of these people shipping these different. And it's so meticulous. They never make a mistake. Um, so I just thought, you know, you could just take it with yourself and put it in the microwave. Um, I watched this film. This film was being released in the UK at the cinema. And also, which what they do at the BFI and the Curzon, you can watch it online and their things. So I watched this film online. Right. I think the price is, ex- is extortionate. Really? So I thought, I'll save money because I'm skint this week, so I won't go to the cinema but I try and I can watch this new release at home yes it's £10 to watch it to so watch it on your computer telly. yeah so it's almost the same as going to the cinema how can it be 
how can they charge ten pounds? Yeah, to watch a thing. Yeah, I mean three fifty surely. Yeah, max. I think it's crazy. And and also the BFI player was really rubbish, really poor. Kept on stopping, and there's there's a few glitches in it. And I tried it again the next day to think where well, was my computer yeah. and reload everything. In the actual film on there, there's a few glitches. Which Not is good terrible. enough. And that's the BFI. Come on. Stop charging £10, which is a cinema price, to charge a deep... They're clearly taking all the money. Disgusting. And the Curzon as well. If it's me watching on your computer, just charge £5 maximum. £10 is way too much. I must be the only person stupid enough to pay for that. <laughs> I think there's plenty of people stupid enough. Yeah, who knows? Oh, you are stupid, though. That's yeah, I am very stupid. <laughs> no, for doing that, I'm not saying generally. I oh, know, but I am. Okay. Um, I give it seven Mavericks. Oh, so still still liked it. It's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to get more uh, Eastern culture coming over, because um, it they seems do, they like a slightly in- untapped area. I do know that um, a big uh, sort of HBO style, I don't know who's making it, drama is... Uh, in production at the moment uh, set during the British Raj over okay. there so sort of Downton Abbey alike but over there you yeah know? so which again will have all of that it is just more interesting isn't it immersing it in a culture you're not as familiar with I think they did could... speaking they did sort of break into little bits of English as well which is quite interesting very interesting actually mm. so <clears throat> if you want to pay £10 to watch it at home, do that. Or go to cinema where it may even be cheaper. <laughs> That's true, it would be in most places. I'd imagine. Hey, guess what? What? I think that's it. Ah, sure one this week. Well, that's fine. Um, well, we'll be back next week, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. You can catch the lunchbox online or in a cinema, I guess. It won't have a general release, does it? I think it did go out. I okay. saw it on the. I saw a post of it on the tube, and that's what made me think I'll watch it online. It's available online as well, mm. simultaneous. I like the simultaneous release. I, I I see it as a good business choice for small movies, yes. so they can find everyone who's interested at the same time, rather than having to have a second push that costs them more money later on for DVD, and then another one that costs them more money again for streaming online. I think it's a good option. I can see why the big blockbusters aren't going to do it because they want to get the, break those box office records. But and the, the films, films that are, are never going to, then why? Yeah, why yeah. No, I, I'm a big fan of it. They need to work it out. Yeah, the pricing needs to be worked out. I watched a field in England that way. Yeah, I didn't like that film. Um, Buddy's been very. He's been asleep for that. It's the quietest I've ever seen him. Yeah, yeah, he's knackered. Mm. Do you want me to wake him up to prove to the listeners he's here? No. Okay. Let sleeping dogs die. Good call. Uh, we'll be back next week. Keep watching the Keep films. Keep watching the films. Bye-bye. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.